Mixing and mastering engineer Ross here. Unfortunately, some troublesome kobolds ran amok with Ben's audio equipment during Meredith's academic research session, and there's some quality issues with our beloved GM Ben's audio during that section. We did our best to clean it up, and we all hope you will still enjoy this episode. Misadventure awaits. Uh, he is named Professor Zinlaz Kegstone, a professor at the university who has long studied the stars. Oh, hello. It's nice to see you again, Harold. Please come in. In about a month's time, I've got a, an expedition. Uh, I think it would be good if you joined me. Oh, that would be delightful. I do love a bit of a, an adventure. Dr. Gillian Pymont. Please, come in. Call me Gillian. She hands you this list and it, like, unrolls as you, like, open it. <gasps> This is a long list. This is your first time meeting him. You know his name is Dr. William Chant. He has studied the origin of summoned items. Potentia, come in, I've been expecting you. He'll find a desk for you. Uh, Most of the PhD students uh, will probably introduce themselves eventually. There's this awesome place called Beastie Burgers, my absolute favorite. Um, They have every kind of thing you can imagine there. And now, we continue. So we join Harold mid-battle as he faces down a foe in the realm of monster battles, the card game. Do you think you have what it takes to beat me, Vryn? I think my Taras can take out all your life points this turn. What good is a Tarask when you have a dragon on the battlefield? Be serious, man. Not when I play this spell card to lock your dragon to the ground. Now my Tarask will attack. Oof. All right. Well... It's too bad that your Tarask attacked into my fog of war. And now I shall use the fire breathing from my dragon to burn your face for five points. Oh, but... (sighs) Well done, Harold. You beat me. Yes, the first time. First time for everything, it seems. You're not letting me win, are you? No. I would never do that in the the realm of of, uh, monster battles. It's an honorable duel. Of course, of course. Well, you know, um, there's a first time for everything, and uh, I should look forward to our next battle, of course. Yes, yes. I mean, your your deck is new, but it's coming along very nicely. Yes, it's it's slightly odd, you know. They um they sell the cards in in like packs with random cards in them, so you have to buy a bunch to get the ones you want. But um, that is how the merchants make their money. Oh, of course. I mean, they have to make it some way. Maybe we should uh, figure out some kind of um, you know, like exchange or trading day at some point. Sounds good. There are other club members who'd be definitely interested in that. Great. So with his his battle one. Uh, Harold is going to make his way over to his supervisor meeting. So you make your way up the astronomy tower 
up to the office of Professor Kegstone. You haven't had a meeting with him since your last one, but you've been making your way through the book list he gave you. As you arrive at his door, another PhD student is leaving a meeting with him. Okay, do I recognize him? No, he he's looks to be similar age to you, mm-hmm. um, but he's not someone you've actually met in person yet. Interesting. So maybe he wasn't um, an undergrad at Firemasters. Potentially. Well, we just never crossed paths. Also true. I mean, he looked to be a couple years like your senior. Mm-hmm. Okay. He just like, nods at you as he, as he walks past. Oh, hello there. Afternoon. I just nod and... He makes his way down the stairs. Great. Harold, is that you out there? Come on in. Yes. Hello, Professor. How are things going? Yes, yes, doing well. Getting through my meetings. Um... Please have a seat. Can I get you a drink? Um, yes, of course. I, I would uh, I could never turn down a drink, and uh, I will I will glance up at the, the, the wall. Is the clock working now? It is, uh, and he's also already heating up uh, some drink, and you can see there's a, a, a half-empty glass mm. sitting on the table. Great. Let me clear that away and get you a fresh one. Taking on... Are you taking on more students, sir? Oh, no. No, he's... Um, He's a student that I've had for a couple of years now. We're we're working on a project together, but let's let's not talk about that for now. Let's talk about you for a bit. How are you going with the reading list? I am going to roll for um, academic progress. Mm-hmm. Natural twenty. All right. Well, that was <laughs> uh, very very good. Very well. You know, I was um, I was just absorbed by those uh, those books that you sent me. Um, you know, I was uh, I was thinking a little on your you know your concept of these these wandering stars. It's it's so fascinating. Yeah. So as you know, uh, based on the reading and your your undergrad studies, the stars have only been in the same spot for only a couple of centuries. Uh, records show that they used to be in different locations, and previous studies. Uh, long since found their their paths throughout the sky. But, you know, as you're aware, with the, uh, the calamity that happened over a thousand years ago, that all changed. And uh, finally, the stars, it seems, are settling down. Although it's my personal belief that the, the, the world itself is settling down. Oh yes, what makes you say what makes you say that? Well, I believe that the stars are actually very, very far away, further than other academics have previously thought. Oh. And so the idea that some deity escaping from a prison here on our world affected the stars, that's preposterous. The idea that he's talking about a deity escaping a prison isn't preposterous to him. But the stars moving is preposterous it, it strikes you as an interesting idea mm. yes well it's um you know it, it's quite interesting because uh I, I think i showed you my my orb last time and it has some very interesting properties so, so far as i can tell um all of the stars in the sky are represented on this orb here and um you know the stars are always in the correct position so far as i can tell but one kind of interesting omission is the fact that, um, you know, these wandering stars that you talk about, they are not on my orb at all. Is that so? 
Hang on. He pulls out a map and he like unrolls it on the table, pushing it, pushing away all his other um, drinks and things he has. Bring it out. Bring it out. Show me here. And he shows you this arc. He's got this arc. He's got drawn across the map. So what I will do is I will um, I will hold the orb up to the candlelight. And as I do that, you will see the stars are projected uh, across the, the room uh, as if as, as if like a hologram or something. So if we line up your, your orb there with the map, uh, let's see, it's the 24th today. So the blue wanderer should be here, but it's not on your orb at all. No, I, I don't see it anywhere, but it's clearly there in, in the sky. I, I watched it rise uh, last night. Uh, yes. Well, as you know, I had plans on uh, going up on this expedition and bringing you with me this week. But I've got a report that the weather up on the Wandering Mountain is doing terrible at the moment. So we're going to have to put it off for at least a week or two. Ah. Oh. Um... Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, unfor- we just have to deal with the weather sometimes. It's a reality of being an astronomer. Yes, it um, it certainly is. Uh, gosh, you know, it, it seems, it seems uh, unfortunate to have to put it off, but um, I, I understand. Well, it's actually enabled me to to get together some equipment that I think will be most useful for this expedition. The only problem is I'm going to need some help carrying it. Would you happen to know anybody? Uh, you you want someone to help carry some equipment? Yes, and um, I'm not saying that the Wandering Mountain is dangerous, but having some people who'd be good in a scrape might be useful. There are some creatures up there which uh, can give you, give you a bit of a startle if you find one in your tent in the middle of the night, shall I say. I see. Well, you know, I do, um, I, I actually have a, a couple of friends over at the Barbarian Society who are a lot stronger than myself, and uh, I, I show him my... No, no, I don't want any barbarians anywhere near this equipment. No offense to them, but they're roughhouse way too much for my liking. Yes, I, I understand. They can be rather... Um, you know, crude at times um, in their movements. I, I, I do understand. Um, you know, I I have certain spells at my disposal that could help my strength. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do know a couple of very capable companions who, uh, you know, are, are very discreet and uh, could, be, could be very careful with the equipment. Uh, and they know how to handle themselves. We got into a scrape in the library of all places, can you believe, not long ago. Believe me, I spent... Plenty of times in the library. I've gotten into a few scrapes here and there. But, no, oh, that sounds good. I think uh, you bring your companions along um, when we organize this trip. Excellent. Um, I look forward to it. So, so tell me um, what you've been thinking about, more about these wandering stars. I'd like to get your, your full thought process on this. Seems like really um, engaged that you are taking on board his theory and, and you know, taking him seriously. Great, yes. Um, yeah, um, well, yes, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I got to thinking that uh, there are really two hypotheses if you, if you think about it. Um, either my orb, uh, for what it is, is not completely accurate to the stars, 
Or it could be that these wandering stars that don't appear on the orb are actually not stars at all, but are perhaps some other kind of object in the sky. Who knows what? With that, he like slams his fist down on the table. That's exactly what I've been saying for years. Well, it would be very exciting to find the proof, wouldn't it? I mean... Oh, when this expedition goes well, well, I'll be able to prove something that no one else has ever been able to prove. I think I know exactly what these wandering stars are, and I think we're going to get the proof, and we're going to change everybody's understanding about not just the the stars but the world itself i think is going to understand its place in the the cosmos so ben that um that kind of predicts my question a little bit is heliocentrism accepted here yet or do we still assume that the the world is kind of the center of everything they know that the the world goes around the sun okay because otherwise the math for an orbit, a, a circular orbit of a planet going around a sun, is so much simpler than the sun going around the Earth, mm-hmm. around the, the planet. Especially when you have to take into account these wandering stars. Yes, and like Pythagoras, you know, calculations and stuff. It's far simpler to have all of these things orbit around the star mm-hmm. than have these elaborate curving orbits that do these figure eights and things in order to actually make sense. And so for people who don't know, listening to our our little podcast here, um, those were the observations, of course, um, that sort of, uh, was it Copernicus and Galileo were sort of the first to kind of bring this Mm -hmm. heliocentrism model. And then um, it was Tycho Brahe and Kepler who sort of figured out the, not not that planets existed, but that you know, the, the way they orbited, you know, those those classical calculations. Yeah, so so it was actually with Galileo as well who discovered that there were moons orbiting Jupiter. Mm. So with, a, with his telescope, he was able to see that there were moons orbiting Jupiter, which for the first time showed something orbiting not the Earth. Yes. At the time, it was, it was a helio... It was a... Um, Earth-centric view of the this cosmos that everything orbited the Earth, and the idea that there was something out there that didn't orbit the Earth kind of broke that that hard rule that the Earth was the center of everything. Yes, and I will I will leave our viewers or listeners to contemplate um, the way our solar system moves through the galaxy. And potentially how that may have affected the calamity in our world that we're playing in today. Mm-hmm. Interesting to think about. Anyway, that little science interlude. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, it it's Dungeons and Doctorates. Indeed. This point is now going into a long spiel about mm-hmm. what he believes these wandering stars are, which listeners may have their own impressions, their own idea of what these wandering stars are? Of course. Um, I, uh, Harold, is listening intently. You know, he's fascinated by all of this. Great, great. Um, so, after, after you know, he kind of, like, catches his breath. Uh, so I think we should have meetings more regularly. Yes, that would make sense. Um, you know, I, now I've done this background reading, we can, um, 
you know, start talking about the observations we're going to need to prove this hypothesis of yours. Um, it sounds like yeah. people are going to take uh, a lot of convincing. Well, if you, you help me with this, this observation, you're definitely going to get your name on this paper. Well, great. Um, so I think also we should probably mention, for those who are outside academia, what that means for a, like a first-year PhD like student. Yeah, so of course, um, you know, publishing is the main way that you sort of prove yourself as a scientist, to have your academic papers accepted and peer-reviewed by the scientists and furthering the knowledge. And um, yeah, you know, PhD students, sometimes we call it first authoring a paper where they actually write the paper and, you know, do most of the work. Uh, and sometimes, of course, you do a small amount of work on behalf of someone like a supervisor who will write the paper, but you will be featured prominently in the, the author's list, essentially. Yes. Yeah, so, so you, know, you have this opportunity now, Harold, where a month into your PhD, you potentially could have your name on a paper, which, if, you, if you're believing Professor Kegstone, could be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Harold is extremely excited by this, uh, this possibility. And um, I assume we'll discuss a little further, you know, uh, you know, back and forth with a few ideas about uh, places they could go, observations they could make, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and he'll 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 get into the finer details about what he has planned for um, when to make this trip out to the Wandering Mountain. Because um, apparently, the so you've never actually been to the Wandering Mountain, but it is a dwarven fortress mm. as well there. And apparently, he has family. Great in the Wandering Mountain, uh, so it wouldn't be roughing it the whole way. Nice. Well, you know, drink up, lad, and I tell you what. When we get to the Wandering Mountain, you'll be able to get some of this fine dwarven ale from the source. Ah, do we change from uh, from this brandy? And uh, I'll take a, a big sip. And um, <clears throat> yes, it's um, oh, you know, it actually is starting to to grow on me. I I, I feel, uh, you know, I don't feel my lungs burning this time, which is which is nice. And that's right, lad. Put hair on your chest. Oh, exactly. I could do with a few. I tell you, it's uh, going to be cold up in the mountain. I'm sure. But um, yes, I, I'm kind of starting to appreciate the flavour a little more now. I've had more of it. It's uh, it's rather nice. It grows on you. It does. Um, so as you sit there and and uh, and enjoy mm. this drink, um, the the rest of the afternoon. Uh, slides by as you continue to talk and apparently he has missed the rest of his afternoon meetings because he is super excited just talking about his theories with you mm. i've uh, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> had that experience in real life as well because once an academic starts talking about their research and you get them going they just go yep absolutely Yes, we'll see you next week when we when we go for this expedition. Yes, of course. Make sure you... Assuming the weather is good, of course. Yes, well, I actually, um, I can help a little bit with that. I can actually uh, predict the weather rather accurately, at least within about 24 hours. Don't say it. That'd be very useful. Uh, I shall do a, a quick... Uh, I'll look into the orb and do a quick druid craft. Uh, okay. Just to kind of demonstrate to him and the, the, the sort of the patterns of the stars will inform me of whether um, the weather will be uh, sort of dry or cloudy or something like that. Uh, 
tomorrow. Let's say tomorrow it's going to rain. Great, and I tell him that it's going to rain tomorrow. Ah, well, if it rains tomorrow, then I guess you're right. We have to wait and see, I suppose. Yes, uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. Hopefully the stars smile on us, as it were. Indeed, indeed. Well, Howard, it's been great meeting with you again. Yes. Uh, until next time, until next week, I suppose. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. You let me know if it's going to be raining as we go. Uh, of course, of course. Um, I kind of chuckles to himself a little. We shall come prepared, um, you know, for any eventuality. Great, great. All right, so you say your goodbyes and you head off downstairs. Great. Remembering that earlier today you bumped into Meredith and made plans for a late lunch, you make your way over to the food court. We travel across campus and back in time slightly to catch up with Meredith. It has been several weeks since we last caught up with Meredith and her supervisor during one of their meetings. She has been having weekly meetings with her supervisor, developing a real rapport. Taking her supervisor's advice, she has gone down and spent some time with the engineers and tinkerers. Heya, Kate here. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love if you could rate and review the podcast on your preferred podcast app. And while you're at it, why not recommend the show to a friend? It really helps us to spread the word about the show. If you want to learn more about the world of Dungeons and Doctorates or submit questions and messages, check out dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. Back to the show. There's currently a gnome who is tinkering with some kind of mechanical clockwork device. Now, this is a gnome that you've met a couple times and you've formed in your in your very friendly way a rapport with. Uh, he seems to be very much about like getting his work done when he's actually head down working. Um, and he kind of just switches off talking to people. But in the times between work, you, you've gotten to know this, this gnome quite well. Um, so his name is Lanwin Snegnik. <laughs> I love it. Is this like a double L? Snegwick. Yeah. Lanwin Sneg- Snedgwick. Snedgwick? Snegwick. 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 I love that name. He is just finishing up. Uh, tightening some kind of coil uh, when you've walked into the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Meredith just reaches into a pocket in her big coat and um, chucks him a paper bag um, that's got like a one of those like little um, fried cake things, like a beignet or a mm-hmm. donut or the this- fantasy equivalent of... <laughs> it's a donut, but make it fantasy. Um, is, it, is this from, from Five and- Pies and a Pancake? Yes, from Five Pies and a Pancake. Um, and and um, pulls one out for herself and uh, is like, Hey, Lanwin, how you doing? What have you been working on? How are things going? I expect this is an interaction you've had a couple times, maybe. And yeah. so uh, when you walk into the room, he sees you and like, his hands immediately go to the catching position. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like he's already. Yeah. Hi, Meredith. I'm doing well. Awesome. Um, how, how have you been going on the, the clockwork project that you were talking to me about last time? I think I finally got the last kinks out of it. Now that this wire is, is spooled up, it should finally actually move, I think. Um, <gasps> oh my goodness. Have you tested it out yet? No, I've, I've just finished 
winding it up. <gasps> oh my goodness. Can I have a look at what it does? Uh, yeah. Um, hang on. Let me just attach this this chain to this cinder block here uh, uh-huh. to, in case it, it decides to go on a rampage like that other time we had that thing happen, remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still don't think my um, <laughs> my coat has quite recovered and she kind of looks at the tattered edges of one of the sides where something's like, you know, clamped on it and tried to pull it away. She's like... Yeah, I'm really glad that you stepped in and like cut the cord because um, yeah. I feel like it, that probably would not have gone very well. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but you know, uh, every failed experiment is just another way of learning how not to make uh, a clockwork automaton, and then mm-hmm. we'll get there eventually, right? Yeah, absolutely. Who was it who said that every you know, um, who was it who said that? I can't remember. It was probably a human or something. Mm, I don't remember. And she takes like this big bite of her, her donut. He like takes a bite of, of his as well as he, as he thinks on mm-hmm. it. All right. So uh, if you stand over in the, over there behind that table and I'm going to pull this lever and we'll see if it, it should just stand up and walk that. Okay. Way. So he'll, he'll pull a lever on its back mm-hmm. and it starts like it drops half a foot and starts clicking and whirring. And then slowly starts to raise itself up and like unfold its its arms, and you realize that you haven't actually seen it, and it's in its full stance. You've gone kind of seen it mm-hmm. as it's coiled up, and what what your friend Landwin has created is kind of a a clockwork crab. Nice, with pincers and everything. Uh, the pincers are currently sitting on a table nearby. Okay, so he's just testing out some iterations. He just wants to make sure it can walk. And it, it stands up and doesn't fall over. And Landwin's like, yes, I did it. And then he reaches up and pulls a different lever. And it clicks and whirs and then starts to slowly like click, 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 side walk along towards ah! the wall until the chain awesome. goes taut and it stops in its tracks. Yes! Meredith, like, jumps up and down uh, excitedly with, like, icing sugar everywhere and is just like, oh my goodness, that's awesome! (gasps) Well done! Then there is a particularly loud crunch noise. Mm -hmm. Something goes pop, something goes click, and then a gear flies out from somewhere inside its belly and the whole thing Mm -hmm. collapses. Uh, Meredith, like, ducks down behind the table. Instinctively, you, you, you're you're being in here a couple of weeks now. You've known this kind of thing happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I think that was just a bad tooth on a gear, but progress. That's heaps better than last time, mate. Yeah, last time it just kind of. I mean, it, it actually took some steps. Yeah, that's so good. What what can I do for you? I I I, I realized that you just kind of handed me a pastry and then celebrated my success, but. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing too badly. I mean, I'm still kind of trying to get through this massive pile that Professor Pymont's kind of lumped on me. But, um, you know, getting through it all, taking a bunch of notes. My hand is cramping. Like, I just, uh, I don't know. It's a bit ridiculous at the moment, isn't it? He, like, starts taking a few notes on a notepad he has. Hand is cramping. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I, he no, looks, looks at his own hands, uh, which are just like covered in, in grease. <laughs> uh, I like to work with my hands, but I don't really deal with much cramping. Although sometimes if I'm using a, a tool that's maybe too big, it's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Do you often find that tools are a little bit too big for you? Ah, uh, sometimes, but there's a good shop. Uh, over in Farhome that sells excellent tools for people of my stature. Well, that's really good. Who runs it? Do you know? Uh, it's this lovely uh, halfling couple. Oh, yeah. What's the shop called? Uh, it's called the Bronze Bear. Bronze Bear. I may have to go and have a chat with them. Interesting. Because you remember what we were talking about before, right? Like, we were just talking about how... Um, how you find it working in this particular industry as a as a gnome? Yeah, well, uh, you, you know we, we've had that discussion, but um, mm. there are there are difficulties working in a world that isn't always suited to your size. But yeah. as a gnome, uh, we have a pretty strong tradition of tinkering and, and artificing. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of us around. I I really feel for for halflings who, who mm. want to get into this kind of work families might not respect that yeah I mean my family still doesn't quite understand what I do and I'm not even a, a tinkerer I'm not even an engineer I just write about it yeah you know I tell stories of famous people um kind of in the process of gathering a whole bunch as you know well, and I last mean- time Mm, sorry, continue. I'm a tinkerer, but I don't really know how you do music and things. Like I, like I, I can't even carry a tune. That's all right. We all have our different strengths, don't we? It's what makes yeah. the world so interesting. She's still eating her her donut. Yeah, he takes a bite of his. Mm. At this point, a clock on the wall. Um, a mechanical bird comes out and chirps, and you realise that you need to get to your meeting with your supervisor. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I've got to run. Um, enjoy that donut though, and um, I'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll, yeah. I'll see you next time. Absolutely. Hey, can you do me a favor actually? Can you see if you can figure out and maybe just um, next time I come by, I'm really interested to see and um, for you to think about and for you to tell me how you got into being a tinkerer. Like, was there any particular person that inspired you? Was it somebody in history? Was it somebody that, you know? Uh. What was it that made you want to be a tinkerer? Have a think about it, and I'll I'll have to chat to you next time and pick your brains. But yeah, I'm really really interested. She's like licking the the icing off her fingers. Okay, I'll I'll think about it. Hmm. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Lamwin. Um, you're an absolute champion, and good luck with the with the crab. Bye, Meredith. I'd be really keen to see the pincers working next time. Ah, uh, well, I need to make sure I'm looking at rampage first. Yeah, I mean. D- Giving it pincers is just adding extra fire to that that mix. (laughs) Hey, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Yeah. Be bold. It's all good. I'll catch you later. Bye. At this point, Meredith, uh, realising that she's not running late, but needs to make some distance to her supervisor, uh, runs her way across campus. Cool. Eventually, making her way to her supervisor's office, a little tired having just run across the campus but 
feeling very satisfied with the pastry she's consumed. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't? It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, she knocks on the door and hears from inside, Meredith, is that you? Come on in. Hey, Gillian, how you doing? She's on first name basis now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. Doing well. Please take a seat. I already have your cup of tea ready. <gasps> oh, you are the very best. Thank you. And she like picks up the cup and, and holds it up to her face and blows on it a little bit to cool it down. The aromatic smells of lavender waft to the room. Oofed. Yes. So tell me, how are you going with your readings? Are you done? I've got some more books to add to that list. <laughs> ah, she like mock laughs and slaps her, her knee um, as so to say, <laughs> no, no, I have not finished. You basically gave me a library to read, Gillian. Well, I, <laughs> I thought that you'd be finished with the list I've already given you. Well, I finished with that list, but you know how it, how it goes. That list leads on to a whole bunch of other things to read, and I'm investigating a particular topic at the moment that I, I was wanting to get your ideas about and your take on um, because yes. I kind of think I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> and I that just need happen. a little bit of yes, guidance before I, I keep going down that road. Okay, tell me about it. Yeah, so I guess you know how you told me to go and have a chat to the gnomes down in the, in the tinkering labs and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Well, Lanwin was talking about how there's a really strong tradition of tinkering and engineering amongst gnomes and amongst, um, you know, the families of, of those particular places. And, and it got me thinking, like, why? Why is it so such a, a traditional thing to do? Like, is it something that they, they've grown up knowing they can do? Is it something that they, um, they commemorate? Is it something mm. that, you know, little young gnomes... Um, kind of grow up aspiring to? Why is it that halflings don't end up in that particular area? Um, as as and you're it talking, got me- she, she stands up and she walks over to her bookshelf and she's kind of thinking and looking at the shelves as you're talking. Mm. And he actually said something really interesting today just before we came across. He was like, you know, talking about how, how he really admires um, halflings who get into this particular area. And there's a couple that run a... Um, a tool shop, I guess, called the Bronze Bear. Um, you know, that oh, sells. Yeah. I've, I've seen their shop. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they sell you know tools and things that are specifically made for gnomes and for halflings, and um, you know, it kind mm. of helps them, you know, get around in this human-sized world. I think they saw guess- a lot of their tools from the, the dwarf quarter in town. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. So yeah, so I guess I guess what I'm really thinking of and dwarf, you know, dwarf culture as well is another one where they grow up thinking you know, knowing that they can get into this particular area and it's not it's not unusual. Um so I guess what I'm interested in is I read somewhere it's called toponymy. So the idea that um you know, places are named after certain people or you know, we've got all the all of these statues that have um that commemorate, you know, really famous dwarves and famous gnomes, um, and they're they're celebrated. So, 
I wanted to kind of look into how many halflings are celebrated in that particular way and maybe have a think about how that relates to whether or not halflings get into this particular area, feel like they can, feel like it's something that is for them, I guess. Mm. Um, she finds a book. She pulls it off the shelf. Um, I think this book may help. It's it's called uh, The Struggles of the Small. It was written by an elvish anthropologist. So uh, there is some cultural biases there. Yeah, I was going to say, of. that's going to be really, really fun to read as a small person. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, I'm sure mm-hmm. all the literature you've come across um, written by larger people uh, has painted, painted an interesting picture of... Yeah. It makes me really wonder how many of them actually talked to us. Yeah, how many of them just went and visited for a month, mm-hmm. made some observations, mm-hmm. and then wrote a book about it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that happens a lot. More often than it should. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well. I'll have a read of it, though. Thank you. That sounds really good. Is it... Does it kind of have that sort of... There's a section slant, in, in here uh, about gnomes in particular, about mm-hmm. uh, how they use their intellect to create tools that allow them to operate in a larger world. So I think Oh, interesting. Okay. That I think is going to really uh, help you in your 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 research. Definitely. Cuz I mean, I think as well like it would be interesting to investigate this kind of area because halflings are smaller than dwarves, but we're also taller than gnomes generally. So we're kind of right in that middle. So I guess do they generally does anybody make stuff for us to use? Does anybody make things with us uh, particular proportions in mind? Because I feel like the dwarvish stuff would be slightly too big, but the gnomish um, tinkering tools would be slightly too small, and the human tools are just... Pfft, don't even get me started on using mugs. She's, like, looking at her, um, the massive mug that um, that Jillian's given her, and it's, like, the size of her face, and she has to hold it with two hands. <laughs> it is, like, looking at it significantly. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. The, the one I normally have, unfortunately, broke. I just borrowed that from a colleague. Um, oh, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's, you know, this is kind of the norm for us. Mm. Um, well, I think now that you've travelled from your home village, which I imagine uh, was mostly halflings, yes, into the wider world, you 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 probably have seen that the world is full of people taller than us. Yeah. And because of that, many of our people and many of gnomes and dwarves and other short races tend to stick to their own societies. I'm sure if you went out there and found some very tall, maybe uh, Goliaths from the mountains or like a minotaur or someone, you would find that they probably keep to their own cultures as well because the world for them is maybe too small. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, this un kind of unconscious if, if we're too small segregation. And they're too big. The world is for the medium. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And um Meredith is like pull, has pulled a quill from her hair and is um sketching and writing down notes on her, her little notebook that she carries in her coat pocket. Mm-hmm. Um and you can see her brain like clicking away. 
I've given you a lot to think about. Um, do you have anything you wanted to, to discuss? I mean, we, I saw you last week, uh, and I handed you some other books to look at. Is there anything you wanted to discuss further? I mean, not really. I think all of the things that you gave me were pretty self-explanatory, um, but they definitely led me on to this particular thing. I guess it's all about finding that knowledge gap at the moment, right? Like figuring mm. out where it is that people haven't written about and what things ha- people haven't looked at before yeah. or maybe ways that we can look at them from our point of view. So I'm, I'm going to be running a intensive class uh, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Which it, so normally classes for undergraduates run for an entire semester. Uh, intensive yeah. classes, I'm not sure if you've encountered them uh, in your, your studies previously, but we just have one week of classes and then regular assessments after that. But I, I run one for, for honours and master's students, kind of the middle between mm-hmm. PhD and, and undergraduate. And mm-hmm. I think it would be beneficial for you to, to come and sit in. And what I'm getting at is I think uh, you have the kind of personality that would be beneficial to maybe help out in the future with me teaching some subjects, if you'd be interested as a, a tutor oh. or, or something. I that just, would I be wanna, incredible. I, I actually did a little sure. bit of that when I was doing my master's back in middle, Middleshire? Yeah, Middleshire. That's where I'm from. <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure that, that my teaching style will mesh with, with how you work. Mm, I'd be really interested in that, actually. That sounds really fun. Good, good. I'm in. Good to hear. She writes down some details of when the class is going to be taking place and slides it across to you. Uh, and then you engage in some like pleasant conversation about your weekend and mm-hmm. have a few more biscuits. And she looks at um, at the sundial on um, Jillian's desk and goes, oh my goodness, is that the time? Um, I've actually got to go. I'm meeting a friend for lunch. It's a bit late for lunch, but yeah, hope, have a good time with your friend. Yeah, will do. Um, I'll see you next week. Same time. Same time. All right. I'll bring the tea next time. Okay. That'd be nice. <laughs> Alrighty then. I'll catch you later, Professor Pymont. Thank you so much. Bye, Meredith. Bye. And you make your way from one meeting to another, running across campus to find Harold. <laughs> yeah, most of what she does is like scampering across the campus. <laughs> As Meredith makes her way across campus to meet up with Harold, we check in with Potentia. We join Potentia sitting at her desk in the office space as she is poring over a a tome doing some research. Have you done anything to make your desk your own besides put some... I had my mugs and stuff laid out. Um, Like my my mess kit was there, but mostly to claim my own space. I think I've probably got um, some stacks of parchment that are like... Organized chaos, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like they're they're not they're, they're all notes that I've handwritten and taken out of the the book, just in case I need to uh, particularly reference different bits. But they're sorted by like topic and area rather than necessarily chronologically through the book. If yeah. that makes sense. So there's sort of yeah. some paper scattered around. There's decidedly like a couple of different um, drinking vessels. Probably one containing something vaguely caffeinated and something mm-hmm. containing water lying around. Um, 
as I say, organised, but not Mm. um, organised and relatively tidy, but her space quite clearly as opposed to being something that anyone could sit down at. She knows where everything is. Okay. So uh, you've seen a few of your office mates, your office companions, but haven't really interacted with them. They've kind of come into the office, grabbed something and left. So you'd recognise them in like if you pass them in the hall, but you probably haven't fully interacted with them. Yeah. But today, the four of them come back into this room together. Uh, two of them are laughing about something. One of them is shaking her head, and the other one is just kind of trailing behind them. So I'm going to describe them briefly. Uh, because Potentia knows them, but our audience doesn't. It's true. So uh, we have someone that you know as his name is Ren. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a human. He's in his mid twenties, uh, and he his desk is always covered in high piles of books and maps. Uh, mm-hmm. But you don't actually know what he's what he's researching. There is a a furbolg guy, and he's quite tall. Um, his name is Silbar. Yeah. And you're not entirely sure what he's studying either, but you do know that he's the, the jokester in the group. He's always cracking jokes and trying to get people to socialize. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he hasn't... He, he's seen you a couple of times, and you've given him a look, and he, he's trying to work out how to, how to crack that egg before approaching yeah. you. Um... <laughs> There's uh, a human woman named Rivka, um, and she seems to be taking lots of notes. It just has notebooks upon notebook upon notebook, just filled with notes that she's taking. And you've seen her um, working in some of the, the offices where she seems to be summoning creatures and then interviewing them. Cool. Uh, and the the woman who is trailing after the group kind of quietly, um, she is a tiefling woman named Haldora. Mm-hmm. And you know very little about her. Uh, she keeps mostly to herself and seems to kind of always be on the outside of the group, but comes along anyway. Yeah. And on this day, as they walk back into the the office... Silbar looks at you and decides to, to step forward and try and crack this egg. Okay. So you can see that he's coming for you. He, you, you, you you've been expecting this for weeks now. Yeah. Does Potentia preempt him? Um, I think I don't preempt him externally, obviously. I think it's more like I sense him coming and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to finish the thing that I'm writing so that that way... I don't lose my place when I get interrupted because otherwise that'll drive me nuts later. Um, mm-hmm. And just sort of mentally go, okay, I'm up to there in my book and kind of mentally prepare to be interrupted, if that makes sense, but without it necessarily yeah. looking yeah. like it okay. from the outside. Yeah. Um, so he walks over to you and he says, hi, I've, I've seen you around in the office a couple of times. Um, you're Potentia, right? Yes. I just sort of, she sort of smiles and nods and yes. You're, um, 
Dr. Chance's new PhD student? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, cool. Uh, well, um, I'm. Uh, and he, he gestures around to the other people. Uh, well, we're your office companions. I'm I'm Silbar Denbug. Um, you know, I I suppose I'll do the the classic postgraduate thing. Hi, I'm Silbar Denbug. I'm studying <laughs> teleportation. Uh, I have a background in high energy magic, and I'm trying to work out. Uh, how teleportation spells actually work. And he like looks cool. back at, he looks back at the group. Um and, and you know Rivka steps forward. <sighs> Hi, uh, Rivka Parson. Um I'm studying the psychology of summoned creatures. Yeah, you know, they look over at, at Ren. He, he nervously steps forward. Hi, uh I, I'm Ren Fevolft, uh, and I'm I'm studying the history of teleportation circles. And they look over at Haldora, and she walks past them to her table, and she says, "I'm Haldora," and she sits down. That's that's Haldora Netherbrook. Um, we're not actually sure what she's studying. They all just have like exchange a look. I sort of look across at where Haldora has sat down. I sort of imagine her as having sat down with her back to me. Is, yeah, like she's, she sat down with, with, her back, with her back to you and she's pulled out a book and started like taking notes. Yeah. No, cool. Um, so I sort of imagine her, like I sort of glance across at the back of her head and then like back to um, Silva and just kind of go, yeah, some people like to keep to themselves, I suppose. Um, and I'd like put down my stuff and turn on my chair so that I'm facing them now. Like clearly like I'm here to have a conversation, um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I'm not getting up to, to join them or whatever. Um, um, he, he'll, he'll grab a chair and like slide it like next to you and sit down. Because he, he wants to have a conversation and this is what he's doing now. Yeah. He's sitting across from you, is, like hand, hands on his knees, yeah. like... So, what are you studying? What what do you like, obviously you've just started? So, so do you know yes. what you're interested in? Uh, well, um, and I just sort of look across at um, Rivka and 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 smile very slightly. Uh, I'm also looking at um, summoned creatures, but specifically more about where they come from, uh, rather than necessarily, um, you know, how they feel about being summoned. Um, but you know, where where their origins are and where the things that we summon. Uh, appear from and disappear too when we um, call on them and dismiss them as wizards I want to do. She she like nods and like, I, actually, I have a book I think that would be helpful for you um, and she runs over to her desk and starts rummaging through it trying to find something. Um, <laughs> I just sort of laugh to myself I'm like like in a not particularly overt way just with the sort of like yeah my bra- brain going yeah, I kind of figured that when you said that you were doing summoning creatures stuff that you might have a book about summoning creatures, but um, that's all, as I say, internal monologue rather than necessarily to to anyone mm-hmm. in particular. Um, she'll, she'll return with uh, a book, which is a commonly summoned creatures and the planes that they um, herald from. Mm-hmm. It seems to be like a technical manual more than... Um, it's like very it's very it's very thin it looks like it was produced by an academic and it is meticulous in in its writing style like as you flick through it yeah um thank you this 
will be helpful. And I just sort of put it to one side, like next to one of my piles of pages of notes so that I'm like, this is where I'm going. I'm just going to put it here for now and I'll come back mm-hmm. to looking at it. Um, Ren has, has like, is leaning up against the table. Uh, so where are you from? I, I, I'm guessing you aren't from Feramastus. No, not Feramastus, no. Um, I, I'm a, he, he points to himself. I'm a local. Silbar's from the the forest to the, the west. Uh, and Rivka is a local as well. And he looks at you expectantly. Having just um, shared his companion's origins. Yeah. I just sort of turn to... Turn. You get you get you get the, you get the impression that these people have known each other for a while. Yeah, I just sort of look at all three of them and say, "I, I come from further away than that." Let's let's leave it at that. But I haven't lived where I'm technically from for a while. I've been uh, traveling for a number of years before I came to Theramastus. So I'm not really from anywhere, I guess, anymore. At that, Silbar, uh, his ears perk up, and he like straightens up. I went traveling too. Um, after I finished my my studies, uh, and in the College of Magic, I, I went traveling and traveled all across um, the all everywhere. And then I, I've I've kind of wound up here. It seems like the kind of place that people do, uh, as you say, wind up. Um, not in a bad way, just in an interesting way. Well, I, it's you know probably one of the biggest cities on the continent. Yes. So, did you sense. did you stay on the continent during your travels? Just sort of with a sm- slight smirk of like, you travelled, huh? How far? Um, yeah, mostly I did get lost briefly in the Fey Wilds, but found my way back. Ah, uh, yes. Look. And he says it as if it's the most normal thing. Yes. Um, internal monologue of like, huh, really? Interesting. Uh, external sort of like nod with appreciation. Of, oh, yes, of course. Naturally, that's that's a thing that someone does um, in their time. Um, I Can I turn to, um, turn to Rivka mm-hmm. and ask if, um, what about you, travel? Or local only? Uh, I'm. I've done a bit of traveling. I've got family uh, in the east, so we we visited them a lot growing up. Uh, but I, I mean, when you're studying, you don't really get a chance to travel that much. Yeah. No, I I can appreciate that. It's um makes for more work, less play. I say with a smile. Um, Haldora looks over and just like casually as if tossing uh, a crumb to a group of pigeons you could take a gap year or do a study abroad I've done one of those and then then turns back to her table can I just flash back with yes some people take a gap year others choose to take a gap decade and they they just kind of look at you Haldora doesn't but you get the idea that she's like her head twists slightly at that um, get comment, um, and Silva looks. Yeah, well, I, I guess 
Um, not all of us are gifted with, with the elvish long life. I just sort of like smile in a like, of course I was joking, just kind of flip. It was, it was meant flippantly, but clearly didn't come across that way. Um, just sort of like, oh yes, of course. Um, but I'm not adding anything to that because I, yeah, I think she's realized that she's slightly messed up, but it's fine. It's okay. You're only slightly reminded them of their mortality. Um, I just want to turn um, to Rivka and say, uh, you know, oh, I have a, a friend that I met at the start of semester who's, um, I think she said she studied in or is from Middleshire. Um, I've not been, but. Oh, I, we used to pass through Middleshire. It's, um, it's a lovely place. So I'm told. I, she says with a sort of smile, with the goal being to uh, to sort of push off the accidental mortality moment into something more mm. like, oh yes, I know this place sort of, not really, but like yep. Um, With the 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 ice broken and that, that moment passed um, mm. Silva uh, leans forward and says, we're actually um, planning on heading heading out to the, a bar after we finish work for the day. Um, he looks around looking like seeking approval I think you know you should come with us um where were you thinking of going uh we won't go too far let's how about we just go to uh the major solicitor and he looks around and and Rivka like looks over and says no we always go to the major solicitor um, why don't we go to the Hungry Crocodile? They have the best chicken parmesans. I could really do a chicken parmesana. And, you know, they look around. Yeah, okay. The Hungry Crocodile? Have you been to the Hungry Crocodile? Uh, no, I can't say I have. I've, I've been to a couple of places. Um, I met up with a friend who's um, a barbarian. Um... They took us somewhere. I don't really remember. Um, but no, this sounds sounds fine. In, with a sort of shrug of like, yeah, cool, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't correct. really know, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's not far. It's just um, just across the river in Oak Row. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, I know that area reasonably well. Um, yeah, that sounds fine. Cool. Um, well, we're going to get back to, you know, work for the rest of the day. And then at the end of the day, uh, we'll just all head over. Yeah, um, I might duck out for a bit, but yeah, sounds good. At worst case, I'll meet you there. Great. Um, cool. Uh, at this point, you realize you haven't actually eaten lunch yet at all today. So it might be an idea to, to pop off and grab something to eat before you... Settle yeah, back in for an that, afternoon of work. Yeah, I think I think she sort of looks up at the clock and realizes that that's probably where they've come back from, and is like, "Oh, it's like, probably I probably should eat. That's probably a thing." So um, I think she sort of resets her desk so that it's clear, but mm-hmm. as I say, that organized chaos, but like nothing open and and mid work, clear and tidy, and then like heads off to get some 
something to eat, probably heads down um, to somewhere on campus. Um, okay. To grab something, yeah. Great. Hey there, friends and fans. It's Ben, your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM here, reminding you to follow us at DN Doctorates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to use the hashtag DN Doctorates. We have some personal messages to read out on the show. This first one is from Gore. Hello, this is a message from Joanna to everyone. From me, Gore, your president of the Student Barbarian Society. Remember, October 26th is Hug a Barbarian Day. Make sure you hug a barbarian. If you don't know any barbarians, come find us at the headquarters of the Barbarian Society at Ferromasters University. If you would like a hug, I will give you a hug. It's my Gore guarantee. Always good to hear from Gore on the show. Thanks so much, everyone. Keep sending in their messages. I really love hearing all of them and sending them out to you. Remember, if you want anyone on the show, any character on the show, to read out a message for a friend or a loved one, maybe you'd like Gore to read out a birthday message or a congratulations on a graduation, or you'd like to have Meredith uh, sing a, a little ditty for you, just Follow the links on our social media page through the link tree and you can fill out the form. You can also find that at our Wikipedia page, DN Doctorates Wikipedia. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes and whatever other podcasting apps you're using. It really helps the algorithm show us to new people. And if you love the show, tell your friends. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, This next episode is actually going to be coming out next week on the 22nd of October. So keep an eye out for that. Let's get back to the episode. Harold is sitting in the food court. He has positioned himself in a nice table at Beastie Burger. And ordered his, his usual meal. I imagine Harold's the kind of person who has a usual meal yeah. orders. <laughs> uh, when we see Meredith scampering her way through campus towards you, <laughs> because you have a you've you organized a, like, yeah, you know, and she's running late, and she's a little late as usual because she got caught up talking to her supervisor. That's fine. Harold not only expects this, but isn't the kind of person who gets especially annoyed at people when they're late. He's quite chill in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because he knows um, it would really annoy his father if people were late. And so he quite poignantly does not care. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, Meredith like bursts through the door, looks around a little bit, spots Harold, and then like stumbles over to the the table and then plops down in a chair and is like oh, I made it how you doing you did I'm I'm very good I um I, I already ordered I'm I'm sorry oh uh, you're right I was late yes I just came uh, I had my meeting with my supervisor the second one in fact oh yeah and, how'd it go um, it was very interesting he, uh-huh. he is a very exuberant man but he was really excited with a couple of my ideas which is nice oh that's good i've definitely met some academics in the past who 
you know, if it came from a, a younger student, they they weren't yeah. that interested. But that's not what I think you want. I, no, but I, I think I ignited some kind of passion in his completely by mistake. But um, I'm really, I'm really excited. I, I think we're going to work well together. That's awesome. Have you managed to get through the massive pile of reading he's given you yet? You know, I I didn't think. I, I'm not normally a great reader, but for some reason, this this past few weeks, I just got so caught up in it, and I just read everything I could, and now I'm I feel like I'm almost like a little like mini expert or something. See, I feel like this is a good sign. It means that you're on the absolute right track because if you were trying to slog through it all, yes, I mean, I, it, it does become a chore, doesn't it? If it if it mm-hmm. doesn't interest you enough, you find yourself like reading at a snail's pace. Absolutely, like for me, a whole bunch of the stuff that Gillian gave me to read, I just kind of was like, oh. My goodness, I hate this. But then I found this like one particular book and then just went down this epic rabbit hole. And the next thing I knew, it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, this is where I need to be. Yes, I've definitely found that while some uh, scholars are definitely smart and know a great deal, they're Mm -hmm. not especially great at putting it on paper and making it interesting to read. See, this is kind of why it's good doing sociology rather than, you know, actual like sciencey things because a lot of the time people are, are good at writing not all of the time it definitely doesn't hold all the time but I found it's a lot easier to read sometimes there can also be a lot of hot air which can be a little annoying true yeah true that a lot of speculation but that's okay at this point Potentia uh, has walked into the door and is perusing the menu she doesn't know she hasn't spotted you yet uh, but you can um, Harold sees her over the sh- Meredith's I'm shoulder. I'm going to watch Potentia and see how long it takes her to notice us. <laughs> Potentia, can I please have a perception roll from you? Uh, eight plus three is 11. Um, so you're quite focused on the menu, trying to work out what it was that your companions ate that last time you were here, because it looked good, but you were particularly busy. And by the time you got to your burger, <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> That is that is a fair assessment of what happened the mm-hmm. last time we were here. Yeah. I think she's just, like, flicking between, because they all kind of, on the, the signage, they all kind of look the same if you were to, like, pick them up. And so trying to work out wh- what the differences are between them, but not wanting mm-hmm. to ask necessarily, because that would be a weird thing given you're trying to get something that you, in theory, ordered before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that Meredith I like the idea that Meredith walked in, saw Harold, ran over to him, and started apologizing before ordering. Mm. So Meredith needs to order food still. No, she doesn't, because she totally knows the person behind the counter. And the guy behind the counter has just absolutely understood exactly what it was that she wants. And has just brought it over. Okay. Okay. Um Potentia, <laughs> you've seen uh, a, a, a delicious-looking burger uh, with an order of fries come out. It makes its way to the table. You spot uh, Harold and Meredith, and um, you would you would see me just sort of like looking in your direction as if to say, "How have you not noticed us yet?" <laughs> like I'm just like giving you this expectant look as if to say, "Hey, we're here." <laughs> um, in that case, I think she would walk up to the counter and order herself like fries and not a burger because she still hasn't mm-hmm. worked out what the burger is that she wants and then head to the table and just sort of slide in and sit down without really saying anything 
just like, of course, I'm, I'm here. And also yeah. with, with that slight bemused look on your face of like, you two are catching up and I wasn't invited. Oh, okay, cool. Just slide in here. It's fine. How was your day, Potentia? Good. Um, I've been reading all morning. Um, met some of the people in my in my office um, who came back after lunch, and I suddenly realised I hadn't eaten anything. I'd been too absorbed pulling apart this um, conjuration book, which is doing my head in a bit. But that's okay. We'll get there. We'll pull. We'll pull it out. It'll be fine. I've got my meeting with my supervisor soon. Soon. So. Oh, interesting. Uh, have you met with them before? I forget. Once, yes. Uh, we, he, he's a very busy, um, important person. So obviously it's very hard to get time in his office. Uh, but but that's that's fine. I, he trusts me to get my work done. So that's, that's good. I'm not being um, micromanaged in any way. That's what you want, right? You kind of want that nice balance between, you know, hands-on giving you guidance, but also knowing when to step back and be like, you got this, so you're fine. Yeah, I think it's it's it's. Good. Um, I certainly, hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it means that I've been able to sort of explore exact more more exactly what I'm interested in, rather than necessarily feeling tied to anything so early. Yeah. How are you going with it? Have you figured it out yet, or are you still kind of trying to? Yes and no. Get your head around of, it all. Yeah, still getting my head around what already exists in in the in the, mm-hmm. in the research that's been done before, rather than necessarily trying to jump in straight away into something that might, you know. The last thing you want is to do a bunch of research and then someone else has already done it and you find oh, yeah. find the book and you're like, oh, okay, there goes my entire plan. Uh-huh. That's the worst, right? That's happened to me a few times already and I've only been here for, what, like a couple of weeks now? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Back to the drawing board, right? How is office life treating you, Potentia? Somehow I don't really... I don't know. I, I don't really imagine you doing a lot of group work we're all pretty independent uh but um no i I sort of um had an opportunity to have a sit down a bit of a chat with some of them today it's just been we've been so in and out that um we haven't really had that that uh that time um one of the one of the the lovely people in my office uh lent me a book um because they're doing not the same research but in a similar field sort of focusing on um on summoning so it um we had a little bit of a chat around around that earlier so our group of academics sit down and enjoy a meal over some light conversation oh my goodness that was so good and so necessary i just feel like i've been eating sweets all day what was that burger because it looked nice but i you know Potentially just picks at her fries. Mm, it's a chicken burger. It's got like some sort of spices on it. It's delicious. I would highly recommend it. I might have to try it next time. Mm, do it. Basically, like all you need to do is go up and just talk to the, the guy at the front desk and just say, you know that thing that you always bring to Meredith? I want that. Noted. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. I feel like ordering literally anything would be a step up for you at this point. This is twice we've been here now and you haven't eaten a burger at all. Oh, there's too much choice here. Sometimes you've just kind of got to like just go for one thing and then see how you go. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's fine. I, I sort of realised what time it was and, and I'll be eating again in not too many hours. So 
didn't really want anything massive mm. right now. We could have waited, you know. It's not a not a big deal. We're happy to. At this point, um, through the window, a group of four people, um, two humans, a furbolg, and a tiefling. Uh, walk past, and the furbolg calls out to Potentia. Potentia, um, we're about to, to head off. Do you want to come with yeah, us? Yeah, um, that would be great. Um, still going to the major solicitor? No, we're going to go uh, to that. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. Um, the hungry crocodile. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I got confused after the conversation. That's fine. Um, yeah, I will just pack up my things and I'll meet you there. Cool. I'll see you there. Uh, actually, no, we'll, we'll wait for you out here because you don't know the way. Oh, perfect. Because you're new. Sorry, she Ooh. just starts packing up the little things that she had with her. Oh, where are you going, Potentia? Oh, we're going for a drink with the people from my office. Why? Oh, cool. That's really fun. Meredith is, like, smiling at her <laughs> and, like, waggling her eyebrows. Like, come on. Yes. Invite. Invite me. Harold is just um, eyeing up the people who apparently like Potentia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I, can can I see Meredith Potentia, kick Harold can I, under the table? Can I see if Potentia notices that facial expression from Harold, please? Yes. Yeah, give me a, a perception. Uh, is a 17. Yeah, he's not being subtle. Yes. Um, it's pretty obvious that he's kind of like looking at them and then looking at you and then looking back at them. You can roll an insight if you want as well to, to see if you can interpret his his uh, okay. expression. It, it's, it's a pretty low check. Can Meredith throw a fry uh, at Harold's forehead? Fifteen. Yes, she can. Stop it. Yeah, you can, you can work out what he's um, doing. She just sort of, as she's packing up, she just looks at Harold and goes... What, are you surprised that there are people at this university that like me? Just sort of no, I, I'm just, I'm surprised that you found some people at this university that you like. I'm, I'm happy for you. It's good. She just continues to pack her things. Um, are you going to introduce us, Potentia? Oh, I didn't think you would be remotely interested. You seemed both to be having quite a grand time having food by yourselves. Oh, that's absolutely not what was happening. I'm so sorry if that kind of came out like that. We're just... Bumped into each other before our supervisor meetings and decided to meet up for lunch afterwards. If we knew you were around, we would have invited you for sure. Oh, no, I I would love to meet your friends. They just look like really lovely people. Um, well, just, well, just, just, just give me a moment because so she's just going to sort of stand up and head to the group and just be like, look, mm-hmm. um, do you see, do you see the not so tall one inside? Silbar looks at Harold. He isn't that short. Uh, not him, the other one. He cranes his neck. Oh, there's a halfling in there too. Um, they, they are people I know on this campus and I feel like they might also like to um, come if you are all amenable to that idea. Yeah, yeah, bring, bring your I friends, why not? To, you know, if this was a particularly, you know, team, team conjuration office, then that's one thing, but I'll... One moment, and she just sort of comes back inside. No, the, the more the more, the merrier. She, she comes back inside and just turns to Meredith and goes, well, they, they said you can come if you like, but, you know, you'll have to keep up. No worries. 
I've been kind of running over the, all over this campus anyway. I feel like I'm getting a good amount of exercise today. Let's go! She sort of sighs with that, with that, oh my gosh, she has so much energy. This is like, this is, this is a nightmare. <laughs> um, and just sort of t- looks at Harold with a, with a look of, are you coming? Of course, I wouldn't miss this at all for anything. Meredith kicks him again under the table. Oh, like sort of, like just swats the back of a hair, like not, you know, just to sort of say, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. Let's go. <laughs> you say this in front of Potentia. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Potentia just looks at both Meredith and Harold like this is the biggest mistake she's ever made in her life. <laughs> she should have just gone with her new office friends. <laughs> Here we it's are. Be fun. So the three of you join up with the four outside and you make your way out of the campus, across the river, to the hungry crocodile. Um, can I can can Potentia walk? with, like, try to walk next to Haldora um, and mm-hmm. in, a, in a rather apologetic way go, I'm sorry, the little one is, in a word, energetic. She looks, uh, looks at you, looks at Meredith, looks back at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, and that's it. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's all, all I says. expected. That's fine. That's, that's so fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, you make your way into the Hungry Crocodile. It turns out that uh, your new office companions have a regular table that they like to sit at. Yep. Um, at this point, Sulbar the Furbolg is in exuberant conversation with Meredith because it turns out they both have a very lyrical family. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that they share in their their upbringing in terms of song and merriment. Mm-hmm. So Meredith is chatting with him. And Harold is actually getting along quite well um, with Ren, the, the human uh, who he explains that he's studying the history of teleportation circles mm. and he's considers himself a bit of a, a historian. Nice. But Potentia, Haldora and Rivka have kind of found their own little circle to, to chat with. And eventually, chicken parmigiana. Parmi. Which, which, which Rivka describes as the best place in town to get. Awesome. After a lovely meal with newfound friends, on the walk home, uh, on this lovely evening, Harold uh, stops to have a, quite, a quick conversation. Yes. Um, you know, I I forgot to mention, every year my family has this uh, Perigee Moon Festival. It's kind of a bit of a celebration. And, um, you know, for all of his faults, my father is actually quite a patron of the arts. And um, I told him about you, Meredith, and he would like to commission you to play at the, the party. Oh, and potentially, really? of course, I would love you to come as well. That's amazing. I will absolutely be there. Is it just me or is it going to be me with a band or what? You're welcome to bring some, uh, you know, some friends along Mm -hmm. as well. It's uh, it's up to you. But um, yes, he was very keen on the idea. He's very excited to meet you. And um, 
It's actually traditional to wear costumes in a lot of places, but um, we tend to keep it a little more formal, generally. And, and yes, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, look, it, it's a society party and it, it can get a little dull, but uh, it's still, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's, um, it's one of the few traditions that I like to indulge in. That sounds amazing. Is this, now, I just have to ask, is this a volunteer kind of gig or is this more of a, a paid oh, opportunity? Oh, no, I mean, he, um, no, he will, he will pay you, of course. Awesome. Fantastic. No, it's just sometimes you have to check that, particularly when you're doing stuff like this. Well, thing. I know. They say exposure doesn't pay the rent, right? No, not so much. It's too true. Mm. Too much exposure leads to exposure. Mm-hmm. No! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so much fun! I'm in! Awesome. Well, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so glad. Um, I, I, do, I do have a small favour for you. Um, my supervisor would like me to go on this uh, expedition to... Uh, do some astronomical observations, and uh, he has some equipment that he needs to carry. And look, initially I thought, well, this is a job for Gore, of course, but he weirdly seems to have some aversion to barbarians, something about ham-fistedness and not looking after the equipment. Mm -hmm. I thought it's a little odd, personally. Something tells me there's some history there, but honestly, I could really do with the help, and if you guys could help, that would be wonderful. I kind of haven't met too many people yet that I trust enough, and you guys are more than capable, clearly. Aww, Harold, that's so lovely. I'll absolutely come and help. Excellent. I'll bring um, some donuts and some hot chocolate, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. No, um, <laughs> We're just well, gonna have promises so much you can't fun. keep. I shall be expecting waffles now. <laughs> can, yeah, can, at, at the mention of waffles, can Potentia just conjure herself a waffle, <laughs> just just in front of her in her hand, just like, and then just make it disappear? It's like I'm making waffles. Waffle, goodbye, waffle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, I'm in. Let me know details later. Yes. Hopefully the weather uh, doesn't prevent us. We, I was supposed to do this, you know, like last week, but unfortunately the, the clouds came over and, you know, clouds are the enemy of astronomy, unfortunately. So mm. That sounds like so much fun. Potentially just sort of turns and looks Meredith up and down a little bit and just kind of goes, we might need to go shopping if this is... And she sort of glances at Harold um what one might describe as a society event. Oh, I will definitely need some help, Potentia. If you could give me give me some advice about what to wear, that would be fantastic. Harold gives Potentia a very pointed look as if to say, be careful with her. Not like, you know, as if to say, like, just, just be gentle about this. Because Harold knows what you're implying, but definitely does not want Meredith to sort of get the um yeah not I don't I don't really want Meredith to fully understand the implication of what you've just said basically mm. but potentially has absolutely stood like stood there couching her words because she's like I oh oh no um we don't yes well I I'm sure I could at least advise what might be um might might cause um might make it easier for you to have a good time. Okay. 
I mean, I've got my performance clothes. I could, you know, I'll show them to you and maybe we can have a, a brainstorm. Mm -hmm. That'd be really good. Sounds, yes. Good. Awesome. Good. Just for the record as well, Meredith totally knows exactly what you're getting at. <laughs> mm, don't think she does. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and with that, you you go your separate ways, make your way home. And as you all make plans for the upcoming festival, so do others.